Welcome to the Office 365 Developer Podcast, the only show focused on Office 365 development, where Andrew and I talk to experts from all over the globe coding on the Office 365 platform. For more information on Office 365 development, visit dev.office.com and follow us on the hashtag Office365Dev. All right, episode 111. That's like three ones, Cozy. Awesome. You know, mate, in the, in the Commonwealth countries, we call that a Nelson. <laughs> really? After Lord Nelson, yeah. Yeah, you can go and look that up about why. It might not be appropriate to actually explain on the podcast, but that's, uh, that, that's uh, it's called a Nelson. And in fact, if you're, a, if you're a, an English cricket player or a cricket umpire particularly, uh, when the team that's batting is on 101, 111 runs or 222 or 333, you will not stand on two legs. Only you'll hop up and down on one leg. Funny, funny story about 111, but there you go. I I have my reading material for this evening. I think. <laughs> oh wow! Indeed. Yeah. Well, this is um, good to have you back this week for the the intro. I know you were off traveling last week. This is the just for our our listeners. This is the last show that we're going to do in this calendar year. So we have some great guests already lined up for uh, the next calendar year, 2017. We hope everyone that has a a great holiday. If you have a holiday where you live. Um, uh, I think most cultures around the world at least uh, do some things for New Year's, and I, I guess uh, Asia, Asian countries have different New Year's, but uh, anyway, hopefully you get some time off and get to spend it with family and maybe doing a little coding as well, but uh, we do have a great show today, and uh, I don't know, let's, why don't we start with some of the updates? What's what's new, Coatsy? Well, Matt, the big announcement for me this last week or so has been the uh, the LinkedIn acquisition going through, and and that's uh, that's a funny thing for me to say on the Office Developer Podcast, but I think this is such a an amazing opportunity for Office devs, uh, and, and you know the we've already talked about how we're going to integrate some of the LinkedIn intelligence into the Microsoft Graph, and that that's super exciting. Yeah, you know, as a developer, uh, I've had the opportunity over the years to kind of tinker around with all the different social platforms and. You know, for the most part, most social platforms are really open for developers and LinkedIn is like the opposite. Like it is really locked down and I'm, I'm hoping, you know, it is my hope, is, you know, with Microsoft, we tend to provide APIs for like everything and, and try to be more open with developers and supporting partners. And so, you know, my hope is, is that we'll see that occur here quickly and i and i get like you know linkedin a lot of its value is in the data i mean that's not unlike facebook though um and so uh i i think there's some amazing things and like you said as it starts to trickle into things like the microsoft graph um it it makes it makes so much more sense now than when this acquisition was first announced when i <laughs> i guess when it was first announced i kind of scratched my head a little bit and i was like because i as a as a professional, I would say I get annoyed by LinkedIn more than anything for me personally. I'm not looking for a job right now. So what I get is a bunch of annoying recruiters that uh, just constantly, hey, would you like to earn $12 an hour? We have a great opportunity for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so so anyway. you did an awesome uh, post actually on LinkedIn about the about the acquisition just recently, which we've got a link to in the show notes. But he talked about uh, you know bringing things like LinkedIn identity into Outlook and Office Suite. So that's a really interesting thing where we're going to sort of merge those identity providers, notifications in the, in the Windows Action Center, um, being able to draft resumes in Word, update your profile, and put stuff directly onto LinkedIn. So that just that whole piece of putting things together means we'll have to build a bunch of APIs, and I'd be very surprised if we didn't expose a lot of that stuff. 
the resume thing sounds like when I read that, I was like, man, that sounds like it's a uh, uh, an add-in, totally right. like a, a type of uh, some sort of add-in that reads it and then helps get it saved off into the format that LinkedIn uses for their profiles. Absolutely, and I think it's, I think it's really cool. And as I said, it seems like a funny thing for uh, to be talking about on a on a dev show, but I think it's really exciting from lots of points of view. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, looking through some of the things specifically in the office developer world, I noticed that um, there was an update to the patterns and practices partner pack. And, and the idea behind this is is patterns and practices was built just because we felt like the community the community needed more like samples and patterns around how to do development with Office 365 uh, with a pretty heavy focus on SharePoint. Uh, you know, there's a pretty gigantic SharePoint developer community. And, and as we were moving away from full trust code, we wanted people to know how to do it in more of the modern way. And, and so as that has matured, one of the things that has come out of that PNP group was, well, you know, this might help organizations that are doing their own development, but there might be actual like SIs, you know, so services integrators, partners that uh, go and work for companies to help implement things or maybe even building solutions. So it, it's being open source. You can take PNP and you could build a product with it if you wanted to. And so that's what the PNP Partner Pack is. It's some uh, materials that have been aggregated together and basically put into one repo that can you can kind of pull down. And it's almost like I wouldn't call it like go to market for like doing some things around this modern development, but it is. It, it certainly gives you some quick assets that you can use to go and deliver, whether it be a consulting engagement or, you know, again, build a product that is um, something that's cloud ready. So, um, yeah, yeah check this out. Yeah, this is fantastic. The Patents and Practices team have been around for a long time and they've always produced awesome enterprise ready code and content. And the, the way they package this up is very, very cool. Yeah, so, so check this out. There's a lot of cool things in it. It's not all of PNP, but it certainly has some of the 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 key components of it absolutely um we announced a little while ago uh sort of i think maybe back in march a year and a half ago uh that um office 365 no longer includes sharepoint uh, online public websites there's a, a bunch of things that are um uh, but but some people uh, some sharepoint online organizations uh had sharepoint public sites and we've also announced that from march next year that'll be going away entirely so you need to think about uh, whether you, if you've got a public website on uh, SharePoint Online, uh, you might need to think about moving it to a, a partner, a partner location. Have you? Um, where I I've personally, I tend to work with pretty large companies where there's no way they're looking at that. It was kind of a feature that we targeted for like the small and medium-sized inter- right. companies. Um, I don't, so I don't know. Is that something in Australia? Do you see a lot of usage of that? I wouldn't say a lot, but there's a few. Certainly, people who who were excited about it early on, you know, this is a place I can now have my website as well as all my other stuff. That was a neat thing. Um, and, you know, I, I guess that uh, yeah, just people just need to be aware that that's, uh, that that's not going not gonna to be around anymore. Cool. Yeah. Um, I guess we should have listed this with the other PNP announcement, but there's a, a couple of other things I have notes on here to mention right. is, you know, the, the Patterson Practices Group, they do so many different things. Uh, so there are a few things. There is a uh, the, the kind of all-up P&P. They do monthly releases. And so there's some notes in the show notes. That, that, doesn't, that sounds weird. Notes in the show notes. <laughs> there's some... 
There's some links in the show notes that yeah. talk about the December 2016 release. So check that out. Lots of good stuff in there. And then they also do a lot of webcasts. And so the latest SharePoint PNP webcast, which they're also kind of branching out into other areas. Last week, uh, I mentioned in, in the intro that they did a webcast on Office 365 connectors, which really doesn't have that much related to SharePoint at all. But uh, they're certainly covering that because... It's it's something that needs patterns for. Uh, in this case, they did a, a webcast on building multi-view React client-side web parts with the SharePoint framework. So that's, you know, this is something just internally at Microsoft. I will tell you that it seems to me, especially in the SharePoint framework team, there seems to be a lot of interest around React and building React components, uh, things like the uh, the the. Uh, Office Fabric, uh, they've, there's been a lot of effort around doing React components for things like that. And so right. this is showing how you could build a, a multi-view uh, client-side web part with React and the SharePoint right. framework. So if you're interested really in that, good, yeah, check it out. I think the interesting thing about React for me is, as you say, it seems to be the de facto um, uh, framework that we've adopted, which has meant that the UI framework has been the, the the UI fabric has been um, has has been really enhanced around the React stuff, and in fact, if you look at the UI fabric um, GitHub repo, it's now been broken into a couple of pieces, or in fact, three pieces. There's the core piece, there's the JS piece, and there's a React piece. And the React piece is where, seems to be where all the the new interesting controls are going. Um, so uh, you know, check that out for sure if you're if you're doing any SharePoint dev or any other sort of Office dev, like especially uh, Office add-in dev using uh, uh, really interesting using React uh, and Office UI. Yep, definitely. Very cool. Um, the um, the next one we had just just in general, there's a whole bunch of December uh, 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 releases of the patterns and practices stuff, which which was pretty neat. But um, but the, uh, the the one that, uh, that that stood out for me uh, in particular was uh, the, well, there's a couple of them. I, I guess the, the the community call that, that that we have every every month is pretty neat. And so on the 13th of December, so that's uh, uh, the, yesterday my time. So today, your time. Uh, at, at, so just you've uh, you've probably just you've probably just missed it. Um, uh, is uh, we, we talked about um, uh, they, they did a, a community call. We talked. They talked about the December release. Where Vesta talked about that. Um, and there's uh, there's usually recordings of that that you can uh, that you can catch afterwards. So so definitely definitely look at uh, at that. It's up on the YouTube channel. Yeah, if you ever um, twenty four hours. If you ever, there's a really great, we have it in the bottom of the, of all of the shows. If you go to blogs.office.com where we have the, we post the podcast. I mean, some people might subscribe to it through like uh, iTunes, but we, we have a lot of good links in the, uh, the blogs.office post. Um, and at the very bottom, there's a link to the PNP page on dev.office.com. And if you go to dev.office.com under the resources tab, uh, there's a link to PNP and, and we, Vesta does an amazing job of keeping that up to date. So the, the fact that you already found their, their call for today um, is, is just, I think, speaks to how quickly they get that page updated on right. uh, dev.office.com. Right. So, so, so definitely check that out. Today's call was about um, uh, just the December release, uh, PMP JS Core preview, the latest changes. Patrick Rogers talking about that. A bunch of stuff around uh, a SharePoint Framework file upload sample built with Angular One and um, ng, uh, ng Office UI Fabric, which is the community um, Office UI Fabric fork for uh, Angular. And um, uh, ASP.NET MVC project templates for Office add-ins, which I 
particularly interested in having a look at. That's um, that, that's something I hadn't seen before. So Jonathan Huss is talking about that. I'll uh, I'll definitely yeah definitely check that out after the show. Excellent, Jonathan. Um, we should have Jonathan on the show. He's he's got a lot of interest in trying to promote what the you know the PNP area has. It's the idea is that it's all of Office 365, although kind of the main coordinators of it now live under SharePoint. And so you see a lot more SharePoint content. And honestly, that's where some of the newer, um, I guess, innovation is happening right now with things like the SharePoint framework. But uh, Jonathan's wanting to really, uh, I think, kickstart what we're doing around other areas of Office 365. So it's cool to see um, him presenting on some Office add-in stuff on that call, which is Typically, you know, 95% SharePoint stuff. Awesome. So I've just started a new uh, a new tab in our OneNote with uh, with guest suggestions, and I put him there at the top of the list. So we we should uh, we should fill that in some more. Cool. We'll do it. <laughs> awesome. Uh, what else? Well, in the in the the blogosphere, some of our MVPs and community contributors had a couple of interesting ones here. Um, I'll I'm gonna jump to. Uh, I'm going to kind of jump around in our notes here. I'm going to talk about Mark Rackley. Uh, Mark, if you don't know Rackley, um, he's kind of known for, I don't mean this in a, in a mean or derogatory way, but he's, he's kind of like the JavaScript hackery wizard of SharePoint. So he does a lot. He's done a ton of talks at different conferences about using a content editor web part and just throwing script in there and how you can completely transform a SharePoint page and all doing it all client side in a very safe way to where, you know, master page changes aren't going to mess things up or you don't have to deploy any sort of code. There's no server side things. I mean, it is, it's a, a pretty nice approach. And interestingly, I joked around when we had, um, Jeff Teeper on the show in our hundredth episode about how the SharePoint framework in a lot of ways, to me, it's like, hey, we see what people like Mark Rackley are doing and we want to make that in a more like solid, repeatable way. And, and so like to me, like the, the SharePoint framework is just built for guys like Mark Rackley. And, and so he did a post that I think is fantastic on uh, converting the content editor web part customizations to use the SharePoint framework. So if, if, since you're keeping this list, Coatsy, Rackley's another guy that I'd love to have on the show uh, as a guest. We've had him on on a panel before, but we never had him uh, dedicated. And so uh, we'll have him definitely uh, early in the new year. I've already talked to him about it. And um, if, if you're doing anything in SharePoint, you've done any sort of like client script modification you threw uh, the content editor web part or maybe a script editor web part, check out um, Mark's post. It's fantastic. He's very thorough in terms of like the step-by-step approach that he takes to doing these types of migrations. Most awesome. Added for sure. I love it. That's a great idea. And, and look, the, the, the customization stuff is so, uh, so crucial. And in fact, um, let's talk a little bit about as well. Another person out there in the blogosphere who always does some awesome stuff is uh, Stefan Bauer. And he's done a post this week about uh, drag and drop across web parts. Now, this is, this is very, very neat. Uh, and in fact, drag and drop is one of those things that, um, that is almost, uh, particularly um, when we're doing office add-ins, is one of those things that's kind of gone away from what we've been able to do because that that idea of being able to drag out of the sandbox onto the in, into the into the uh, office client surface is tough. Although it does work, I found out last week. 
Uh, we had, I had some wizards working on, uh, on, on some JavaScript stuff last week uh, in Sri Lanka, and they got some cool drag-and-drop stuff going. I wouldn't say they completely finished it, but there was some awesome stuff they got done. But this post by, by Stefan shows how to do it uh, uh, between web parts, which is very neat. Yeah, and those are. It, this is specific to the SharePoint framework, so it's the new client-side web parts. And I believe I, I didn't have a chance to go deep into the, this post. Um, I did skim through it, and it looks like he's doing it via React as well. So um, I'm pretty sure he is. So d- definitely check that out. Uh, it, Stefan, like you said, he's always putting the, some really great things together. Um, the the last one that we had here was by Waldeck Mastercars, who it wouldn't be a week uh, if we didn't have a post by Waldeck. Um, in this case, he talks about if you want to try the SharePoint framework without installing it, and that sounds odd uh, in, in many ways. Uh, there's different ways that you can uh, work with the SharePoint framework. You don't have to have SharePoint even to work with the SharePoint framework. They have a workbench that you can use to run things locally. Uh, but in this case, Waldeck goes through and talks about how you might uh, containerize that so that you can uh, work with it without having to install anything. So um, check that out. Uh, another you know fantastic post by Waldeck. I reckon it's super neat, actually. The, the whole container thing, I'm still getting my head around a little bit, and I know maybe I'm a bit late to the party, and I, I love the concept. But the idea of being able to just have these little these self-contained pieces that you just kind of plug together and they do their thing, that's awesome. And this idea of being able to fire up a, a SharePoint environment inside a container, I, just, uh, I think it's genius. Yep. Very, very cool. Um, of course, there's a bunch of blogs that came out um, from uh, on the you know, uh, dev.office.com slash blogs. A couple of them I want to call out just so people are aware of them. Uh, there's a new Office Store validation policy uh, that's, uh, that, that we've just released and um, just affects a few things around um, how... You can uh, um, uh, what, what the requirements are for for validating your your office add-ins, uh, and particularly we've done some work around making it easier for people who are building enterprise add-ins uh, to to get them validated. So definitely worth checking that out. There's a with a, um, a a link to that in the show notes. Uh, so that's the that's the first one I wanted to call out there. And then the other one was um, we had Yina on last week talking about. Um, some uh, the the graph API obviously, but there's also been an update to some filtering and sorting, um, uh, uh, the ways you do filtering and sorting uh, in Mail Calendar and Contacts, which um, which actually trickles down into the graph as well. So we'll put a link to that in the show notes. So if you're doing either of those things, just worth checking checking those out for some updates. Cool. Oh, you did mention that last week, did you? Okay. All right. Awesome. It was in the show notes last week. I I, I did listen, but I uh, but obviously missed missed that particular piece. No worries. So uh, we got a great show today. This is something that uh, you kind of ran solo on while I was off uh, being Mr. Mom. So tell us a little bit about who we have on the show and, and the discussion that you guys have. Yeah, awesome. Um, so John Liu runs um, the Sydney SharePoint User Group. Um, been a, a long-time uh, SharePoint MVP here in Australia uh, and always been part of that, uh, that Office developer, in particular SharePoint developer community here. Helps run SharePoint Saturdays or Office 365 Saturdays, all those sorts of things. Um, and... Um, uh, uh, always sort of on the cutting edge of, of, of innovative SharePoint things. And then John Bristow uh, is uh, is a technical evangelist for Telerik, or for Progress, I think it's probably called now. Uh, used to be a technical evangelist for Microsoft in Canada, came down here because he likes the weather better, got a gig with uh, Telerik. Um, and um, the, between them, John Liu wrote a, uh, um, a, a, a white paper on, uh, on the new SharePoint framework pieces and uh, the Kendo UI uh, implementation that uh, the Telerik have got. Uh, and using that, uh, using those, those two together, and then uh, 
just in general, I got together and we had a chat about um, about doing office dev and, and SharePoint dev, and, and it was a, I really enjoyed it. We sat down, and had a, had a really neat chat about uh, about some of the the trials and tribulations of being a SharePoint dev and some of the exciting opportunities. So yeah, maybe we could just roll the tape. All right, so uh, I'm really pleased that. This, uh, this podcast is actually happening sitting in a studio rather than what I'm usually doing, which is on the far end of a, some VoIP phone line to, I don't know, parts distant. Let's yes. put it that way. So with latency <laughs> with involved. Latency. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, we, we could put some latency in if we wanted to. Let's yeah, not, let's let's not, not do, do that. that. Okay, cool. So I'm here with John Bristow and John Lou. John, John Bristow. Uh, works yes, for Telerik. Uh, used to be one of their developer evangelists, and now I think has been graduated to management overhead. Is that the I know case? it's just oh, it's, it's getting terrible now. <laughs> you can see how bad things have gotten. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. And, and although it doesn't sound like he belongs here, actually, is based down here in Australia. Lives, I am. lives on the beautiful Gold Coast. I am where weather's great one day and perfect the next. Apparently, that's that's the story. In fact, if you want to find that out, you come along to Ignite on the Ford. Hey, the Ford hey look at you! Dovetailed right into that, that product perfect. placement. Bam! Just that just <laughs> happened, but. Call for content is open, and so if you want to be a speaker at Ignite, uh, then uh, the call for topics is open. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. That's a that's a very cool thing. Mm-hmm. So welcome, John Bristow. Lovely Thank to you. have you on the show. And Thank and you. also with me is John Lewis. John is a, a SharePoint MVP, uh, is a SharePoint consultant for SharePoint Gurus, yes. and runs the SharePoint User Group here in Sydney. Yes, and that's awesome to have you here too, mate. Thank you for coming on. Nice to see you, Kosi. So we've got a couple of things I want to talk about. John, mm-hmm. you have just written a white paper for the guys at Telerik about yes. SharePoint Dev. Tell me a bit about what's going on there. So uh, we've been using Angular uh, in our SharePoint client customizations for the last year or so. And uh, initially in uh, Angular 1.2, then 1.4. And I used different, I used several different UI frameworks like UI Bootstrap and then uh, the last mod, the last entire project was using uh, NG Office UI Fabric. So that's a wrapper around the... Did Andrew Connell... Yes, started, right? yes, yeah. yes. That's a great uh, project. Um, uh, and then uh, finishing that project, we, I wanted to look at Kendo. Um, one of my colleagues is a big fan of Kendo UI, so he keep wanting me to look at this. And we were also looking at the SharePoint framework that's coming down the pike. Mm-hmm. And we're thinking, wow, okay, we need to do some upscaling. What is this webpack that everyone is so hot about? <laughs> uh, you know, writing Angular before and after webpack, there is a difference. Like when you, I'd hope m- so. <laughs> yeah. no, it looks exactly the same. <laughs> yeah, you start modularizing your um, Angular code, yep. and that actually uh, that lines very well with Angular 1.5, which is a production release when we write the white paper. But okay. then it also leads into Angular 2.0. Right. And, and so, Angular 2.0 has just dropped, actually. Yeah, uh, last just, week, yeah. actually. Yeah. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. know when this will drop, but uh, yeah, yeah uh, about mid-September, if you're listening it uh, from distant lands and times. <laughs> Sometime so. in the future. That's, yes, right. that's right. We're reaching out to you from the past. Yeah, so um, the, the Angular team had a big announcement. They had a meetup in uh, Mountain View, and they uh, basically dropped the, uh, the news that they're uh, shipping the final version of Angular 2. Uh, mm-hmm. from, going, from now on, it's going to be just referred to as Angular. Um, and... Uh, Okay. And uh, hopefully they're going to be moving towards Angular 3, which is what they also talked about. Uh, they're going to be iterating quite quickly towards that because of the lag that it was occurring with um, the Angular 2 release, as you guys are probably well aware, and also your listeners, um, took a long time to get to Angular 2. 
It did, and it was an interesting yeah. place because lots of people were saying, well, you know what, it's not actually released yet, so we're not going to look at it. Sure. And yes. now it's, it's taken ages to sort of to, to get that momentum, and I yeah. hope, hope it picks it up now. Yeah, I mean, like they had some stats that were released as part of the announcement. Um, 400,000 developers are currently using Angular 2, which is quite surprising. Right. Uh, I thought that number would be much lower, but um, that's that's directly from uh, the folks working on it. So. The fascinating thing for me, that's 400,000 versus about 1.3 million on Angular 1, which Correct. is not a huge difference when you no, think about those numbers. No, it's not, but I mean, that number itself is, I think, testament to how much the framework is hopefully going to be used. We might see a hockey stick in popularity, but um, yeah, so the, the march now is towards Angular 3, Angular 4, who knows? Uh, <laughs> And uh, but that being said, I mean we're still seeing people you know talking about jQuery three as well as a right. framework or yes. React as a framework. So and interesting, I mean React is uh, is is one of those things that, that it's getting very popular. Yeah, in the SharePoint world, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean uh, Firefox just built out some developer tools that are that are first class citizens of React. In fact, right. they use React as part of those in their latest release. So uh, lots of good stuff going on, on the front end side. Very cool. So mm-hmm. tell us a bit more about this white paper. It's basically a uh, it, it, it talks about targeting SharePoint development with different tool sets? Uh, we do focus on Angular, Webpack, and the PMP.js core. Okay. So that came out right at the beginning when we were looking at how do we talk to uh, SharePoint. Do we use um, just REST directly, mm-hmm. or, or do we use a library that's from PMP? Yeah. Right. And PMP.js core... Turns out to be so. It gives you a fluent uh, AP, uh, API. API, yep. 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 And so you can write REST, but it gives you strong, strong uh, typing. Strong typing, yeah. yeah. Right. Um, and at the same time, as we we're writing the white paper, PMPJS code was updated to also work on Node. So that presented a good opportunity if you want to use uh, the same library from the server side right. uh, on something like Node or on Azure Functions. It works really well. Yeah, I mean, SharePoint has this long history of being able to interact with its backend data through REST, mm. RESTful right. APIs, which has been great. Mm. And there are a number of ways to do that, yes. um, to, given the framework you're using. Mm. In the case of Kendi UI, we have this thing called a native, um, sorry, a, uh, a data source, which you can interact with RESTful APIs. The thing about it, though, is that um, when you get that data back, you have to understand it. You have to. It doesn't provide a, a very good or clean API on top of that. So. Uh, what this framework does from the PNP guys, the Patterns of Practice team, um, they provide this sort of fluent API so you can just say, you know, call, uh, get something, titles, and then parse into that uh, and have sort of like first-class uh, constructs in, yes. in terms of your code. So that turns out to be a real win when uh, aggregating these services, things like lists, for example, from mm. SharePoint. It also... I think in 1.02, so during during when we were writing this white paper, an update came out, and that enabled batching. So SharePoint REST supports batching, right? And this API lets you do multiple queries. So imagine you're creating a list, you want to create multiple columns on that list, and that could be one query as a batch. Yeah, it's, right. it, it, working with the good. working with the REST API available through SharePoint um, is easy if you're doing it on a call by call basis, like you just one call here, one call there. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, when you start doing some things with the the RESTful API that's available, things can get a little tricky. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some cases where um, you know you're using modified bits and things like that, where uh, permissions even <laughs> even with permissions that can yeah. be tricky as well. So. Uh, this simplifies it greatly, and mm. uh, going forward makes it easier also to use it in the context of SharePoint Framework as well. Okay, very, very cool. So in terms of SharePoint Framework, I mean, uh, I think you tweeted last week, John, that uh, 
as I was talking to Chucks about the uh, about the SharePoint framework, between when I recorded that with him and we did the show notes, and when we released the the episode, yes, we'd released we dropped a new a new version of the uh, a new a new uh, a new version of the the framework. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and so I'm guessing it'll probably happen again before maybe we drop this one. But we're up to we're up to develop preview three right at the moment. Correct. Is, I, I think by the time people hear this, it will be <laughs> preview five. Maybe. Right. <laughs> yeah. So one of the things that you, you you talked about was this idea that that while you were writing this white paper, it was really a moving target. Heaps of things changed. Yes. Tell us a bit about what what that was like. What, what did you? Because I think it's that's a pretty good that's a pretty good um, uh, indication about what's happening in SharePoint development at the moment in general. So people have got to be constantly on the on the lookout for for what the new things are and how to adapt that. So uh, quite early, we decided to nail down what we're going, what which version of the technology we're going to use, and uh, we chose Angular one point five. At the time, it's the latest production version. It is. Uh, already moved to a modular format that's suitable for Webpack and kind of the the, the style of uh, that type of design flows onto Angular 2. It wasn't very obvious whether there was going to be 1.6. Uh, I, it's it's hard to read that, but um, at the time we thought, well, 1.5 is probably a good target. It is production, and we can use it right away right now. Uh, turns out that is the last version of version 1X. Right and next step would just be migrate onto Angular two, which is Angular. Yeah, and incidentally, <laughs> we actually have a resource available at Progress for that, which is called ng migrate. So if you go to ng migrate one word dot telerik dot com, there you'll find a site that we've created to help you mm. uh, basically understand the differences between one dot star and two. Yes. as well as guides as to how you migrate from 1.star to 2. I was just reading that today, actually. There's some quite nice stuff about the, the similarities between 1.star and, and 2 and, and, mm. and looking looking at the way you can refactor your 1.star code to look a lot like 2 code mm. yeah. and then make that transition pretty in a pretty straightforward yeah, way. Yeah, 1.5 enables that, facilitates that greatly. Um, yeah. But prior to that, there are some concepts that are being introduced that um, obviously need to be understood. It's not an easy transition by any stretch, but um, you know, you're not taking their kicking and screaming. A lot of the stuff that's introduced into mm. is goodness. But they did refactor and re-implement some things uh, late in the game, so to speak. Forms, for example, is a, an example of that where things changed. And uh, that's just the nature of front-end development. So you mentioned earlier about how things were changing when we were writing this white paper. <laughs> uh, I was working with Sean on this. And yeah, things do change, but that's the nature yeah. of the beast. So you got to be ready for that. It's the real world, apparently. Yeah, yeah, something like that. I don't know. What, you want us to say static? <laughs> so one of the things I talked to Chucks about last week was this new stuff in SharePoint with webhooks. And you yes. were saying beforehand that you've kind of taken that into account as part of the uh, part of the process. Yeah, so webhooks are a really interesting uh, way of getting sort of updates as to changes that occur in the back end uh, via an HTTP post. Uh, really great stuff there. And obviously, uh, SharePoint implementing that at some future date um, to be determined, I guess. Um, you know, some of it's there. Uh, in the context of SharePoint framework, it's it's something that you can work with and certainly, um, you know, getting updates from things like lists and setting that up. The setup for it is a bit much for my liking. You have to set up things like, you know, Azure backends and things like you gotta that. Fi- you got to have something to, to yeah, receive. The I re- understand. Yeah, yeah. That's fair enough. I just like the next, next, next finish. Okay, you know? yeah. Well, interestingly, there's... <laughs> I'm an um, old man. Come on. <laughs> so, interestingly, uh, there's a... Um, uh, if you go to the Azure Functions site, mm-hmm. there is a next, next, next finish for webhooks from GitHub, mm. which will allow yes. you to take a. And I'm, and I'm guessing, I don't know, I'm not, not making any announcements here, but I'm guessing that a similar thing would be fairly straightforward to set up for uh, 
for the for SharePoint. I would books. like to think so. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, and and for graph we're, we're booked as well, right? Sure, yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah, a lot of that stuff is it, you can see the future of it, which is better than what we've had in the past, where you had no idea where things were going. So um, right. I think the 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 future in terms of everything we've seen from the SharePoint team is all goodness, in my right. view. I think the fact that the development model needed to get fixed. I mean, it was a horrible experience prior to that. And now that we have the SharePoint framework and we're getting goodness on the client side, um, that will just, I guess, permeate down. So, mm. yeah, that's what I'm looking so for. So I actually did a test on with Azure Functions using Node.js okay. to subscribe to a SharePoint webhook. Yeah. And, uh, yes, there's no next, next, next. Mm-hmm. But the code is just a hundred lines of JavaScript. Just so hundred, it's just hundred just lines of JavaScript. Uh, yeah. Add, so add, there's a, add a few um, no modules. There's actually there's actually for, there's actually a um, uh, quite a nice article that I linked to from last week yes. on building your own receiver on a on Azure actually right. on Azure websites. But mm. but it's just a just a web API, so mm. it's just as easy running functions. Yeah. Yes. Um, and it's yeah right. It, it's it's not no code, but it's not very much really. Mm-hmm. There's not that much to do, and and it just you know. And, and the other thing that I also linked to last week that uh, that Chuck was talking about was the the um, the one API um, uh, specification that Microsoft have released, which talks about webhooks and the and the way that you're supposed to implement webhooks and talks to them. And there's a, that, there's a lovely architecture diagram that explains the flow of information back and forth. Sure. Yeah. So that that's that's pretty cool. So. Yeah. I mean, in terms of that, Microsoft historically has been bad at publishing that information. Um, I I've had a lot of experience working with the API on the SharePoint side of things and. They tend to gloss over a lot of very important and nuanced uh, and esoteric sort of aspects of SharePoint doing it the right way. Um, and going forward, I've been pleasantly surprised with the amount of transparency they've had with this. So They've done a really nice job with that. I think the transparency yeah. is one of yes. the things I've been talking to lots of people about recently. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's critical, especially on the web dev side. The front-end side, you cannot obfuscate that. You have to be very, very sort of upfront and transparent when it comes to that th- sort of thing. Very cool indeed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and John, I think you put a, published an article on that, that web books and, and, yes. uh, and SharePoint. Cool. We'll put a link to that in the show notes too. That, that, that's really, really neat. Mm-hmm. So what's the future, guys? What's going on next in terms of, uh, in terms of frameworks, front-end frameworks? Uh, what, mm-hmm. do you, what do you think looking at, uh, at developing next? On the uh, on the progress side, we're certainly pushing forward on Kendi UI. Um, so uh, this is not a product pitch, but it does dovetail nicely into that question. <laughs> um, so we just last week shipped our uh, our native Angular two components for Kendi UI. This is we have about fifteen widgets that are shipping with this. Um, for those of you who are listening who have never seen or used Kendi UI, it's a UI framework for building front end. Uh, it includes things like grids and all kinds of simple controls like accordions and things like that, but also complex ones like data visualizations and such. And so we've released our truly native uh, Angular 2 widgets. We're going to continue to move forward on that as, as we go looking into the future. Um, other things that we're working on, of course, um, include NativeScript, which um, is a way of developing native uh, um, mobile apps for iOS and Android. So that's a very important space for a lot of folks. But on the uh, SharePoint side, I think um, this is really the, the, the focus around this is SharePoint framework. This is really where I think a lot of traction and movement is going to happen. The technology is sound. I think some of the, some of the things that they've, they've run into recently, especially on the developer side of things, are interesting to see them watch them you know, make their way through it. 
there are a number of issues that have been posted on GitHub where people are offering advice to the SharePoint development team on the SharePoint framework side. They've missed out on a few things. Some of the projects you create, for example, are quite beefy. Yeah. Um, but well, I think they think they, they did a big update on that. Yeah. In, in, so in that, too, right? that's, that's, the, that's the part that's interesting is watching the development team go through this and understanding that, okay, we've got to get this right. It's continue going to improve. It's not the classic traditional black box, wait for an update, um, you Every know, service. Years, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It, and I know that that's an old meme, but it, it is the heritage. And so it's nice to see developer releases on a 10, 10 day cadence, for example. Right. Mm. Very, very cool. I yeah. was just saying um, that, you know, we, we joke about the two week release or the 10 day cadence, but it used to be three years. And I, I would much rather take the the 10 day, you know, new, here's a new drop. And yeah. yeah, especially when something's new. You'll Absolutely. take, you'll accept churn at the beginning. Right. Um, yeah. You want things to settle down, obviously, when things are stable, but um, I'll take churn any day yeah. when things are yes. new. But I think, I think John's point before about, you know, what we need to put a, a line in the sand now. This is what we're developing on oh, sure. today. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And we're going to, we're going to ship with this and then look at updates is probably a pretty important yeah, point. Yeah. And in, well. in that context, I mean, Angular 2 was not new. And so right. the thing, I think the, thing that people were getting tired of is just release candidate four release yes. candidate five right. six yeah. seven yes. you're like yeah. stop <laughs> you know <laughs> just ship the thing already you know so um it's now out which is great and so to to folks i would suggest uh you know start looking at angular 2 now this is the time to if you if you were avoiding it before now is the time to look at it and it's going to be a critical component going forward for a lot of stuff right that being said uh, Angular 2 currently is not supported by the SharePoint framework. I'm sure the guys are working on it. There's some minor issues associated with just the way that things are loaded. Um, React's there, so if you want to look at that. A lot of the same concepts apply. JSX is very transferable to other concepts you'll see in, say, Renderer for Angular 2, for example. Um, so there's a lot of transference of knowledge there. And I think that uh, you know ES6 is really the winner there in terms of that. <laughs> Hmm. But uh, going forward, I think, um, yeah, nothing but goodness, I think. Um, I think the biggest problem people might have coming from the previous background with SharePoint is just getting their heads around, you know, file new whatever inside of VS. Now it's like command line. Right. Now it's terminal or, or com you know, command line on the, on the Windows side of things. Uh, that's going to be a bit of a stretch for folks. But I think it's going to be good because it's going to get them into a world where that's the norm. Cool. Well, I, do, I do want to uh, touch on that briefly is, it, that is a big transition, and John, it you've is. been doing you've been in SharePoint Dev for a long time. Yes, it's not longer file new project; mm. it's now Yo, Yo Yeoman Generator, right? Yo, Yo, Yo SharePoint or whatever yes. we're, we're doing this this time. How did you make that transition? What did you do? So that transition has been happening for for a while, and um, I think when I first really got serious with Angular, I realized, okay, well, I have to learn these things. So Yeoman Yeoman templates, uh, Angular. Uh, spinning up what do you call it, scaffolding Angular projects, uh, so that wasn't actually a new piece that I needed to do. Okay, uh, but yeah, that is something. There, there are a lot of skills that are kind of build up over time. So uh, I'm a 2013 dev or even a 2010 dev. What are the things that I need to do to to get myself up to speed with a brand new world? I would say first and foremost, understand that. Uh, the world that, that exists for the SharePoint framework slash workbench side is a very fast-moving target. Mm. Um, also, there's not as much hand-holding. Uh, when things go wrong, they go wrong spectacularly on the, on the command line side, in my view. Uh, it's, a bit, it's a bit obfuscated, I guess, in, in the case of uh, Visual Studio. Um, the good side of that, and th this is where people are like, well, geez, why would I go? The good side of it is the fact that SharePoint Workbench is just a fantastic development experience compared to the alternative, which is if you're deploying to 
Office 365, for example, is just minutes of deployment time, whereas it's or, just quick turnaround. Or right? carrying around a, a machine that, that, that takes enough power to I know, basically like, run three or four houses. Yeah, I know, you're getting, you know, just enough electricity to power, uh, power a small African village right, to, to yeah, run this thing, yeah. you know. So uh, you, you want that sort of development experience. Um, the fact that it's built on top of live reload, for example, mm-hmm. so you make changes that are automatically synced, for yes. example, that is going to be heaps better over what you've had in the past. So... Yes, there's going to be a little bit of pain up front, but I think that's tolerable once you get into a nice rhythm on the development workflow side, and that will be that will that will turn into much goodness on on the development time side right. um, in so terms to, of writing you know mm, web web parts right. things like that. So to summarize your advice, be a bit patient; it'll be worth it. Yes, yeah. I, it's like working out for the first time, right? You're going to be sore, okay? <laughs> Give it a couple of weeks, and then you'll be fine. And you'll still be sore. Yeah, yeah you'll still be sore, but then you'll feel good, you know. That's awesome. I would say a lot of people that I talk to, I just came back from uh, Office 365 Saturday, Adelaide. Oh, cool. And a lot of people I talk to, they are already kind of mindful and aware that the future of this UI customization on SharePoint or even Office 365 is client-side. Right. So they are looking at, okay, Angular or React, then that's that's already kind of given. When Microsoft says no server-side code mm. uh, on SharePoint Online, many years ago that that kind of signaled the exit to everyone to go to client side yeah the one last thing i'll just say on that is the for Mm. some people may not go because of the transition from dotnet to javascript right that may be a bridge too far Mm -hmm. which is fine and typescript i was going to say that this (laughs) it is the same thing basically i mean it is it is a bit of a different animal for some folks um so that might be a bridge too far but um you know that's fine Mm. yeah and and i guess tooling is is not quite there yet in the same sort of way. No, and that's where that PMP core framework will help a great right. deal uh, to give you that sort of fluent API. So mm. definitely use that. That should definitely be one of your first installs on a on a package perspective. Yes. Um, but other than that, I mean, you should be good to go after that. They do try and make it quite simple for you to, to develop in a style that is very front-end-ish. Um, so if, um, if you've done any work in that space for a while, you'll feel very comfortable in this. The... It is definitely not your your grandfather's SharePoint development environment. That is for sure. <laughs> it is vastly different, but um, it's I I think well improved. Yeah, nice. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much for coming in today to have a chat with me about this. What I think is a very very cool bit of work with the, the white paper. Congratulations. Thanks. And um, and some of the very cool stuff that's coming out in SharePoint. And uh, I look forward to uh, to hearing more about what you guys are up to in the next little while. Cheers. Okay. Thank you, Percy. Well, that's all for this week. Make sure you check out dev.office.com for all our podcasts, the developer program, and other amazing content. Also, make sure you follow us at OfficeDev on both Twitter and Facebook. Until next week, get your code on.